that you need in your life right now. Just lift your hands. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray for those right now, Lord, that are downtrodden, that are discouraged. Lord, we pray for those around us to have their hands raised. That, Lord, that you just minister in their life and to touch them right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, for you are able, God. You're able and we believe in you and know that you're able. Your word is true. And we stand on your word. In the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now, just praise him. Lord, we praise you. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, God, for touching me. I thank you, God, for moving on the scene. I thank you, God, for intervening. I believe it, Lord. You've intervened right now. God, you're moving right now. And I thank you for it. And I praise you for it, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to your name, O oh God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because I tell you what, your God doesn't want you to be down in the dumps. Your God does not want you to be depressed. You belong to him. Do you believe, you know, if we are his children, if we're depressed, that means that God must be depressed, right? No. He wants to build us up and encourage us in the Lord and have faith in him. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Would you give a clap of appreciation to the worship team and their worshiping, leading us in worship and God, thank you so very much. Thank you so very much this morning i'm going to start something that i feel is very detrimental to the church it's very important now we know in the word of god there are so many things that could be discussed and shared that some things we think they're more weightier than others and when i start this series i begin to preach it you may think this isn't all that important that there's other subjects in the bible well if you feel that then you go and do a search and let god speak to you and begin to minister to your life but I found that the word of God is, in, is in inexhaustible. You cannot, I mean, you just can't, you can live an entire lifetime and not cover every area and subject and promise that God has for us in his word. But I will tell you, I do believe God's given us this word and God's given me this word for us as a church and as a body. And you're going to hear a lot of it. Because I truly believe that for some reason, this message is so important to everybody that's here. And, and, and those are going to be here next Sunday. And the next Sunday, whatever, we're just going to keep going. I'll tell you what, friends, God may build this thing. It may be months. Are you ready for a month-long or two-month series? It won't be today, I promise. But I want you this morning to be open. Say, Pastor, I'm open to the Word of God and what God's speaking to me as a Christian. And as a member of this church, a person in this body. And so let's just pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I ask you, Lord, in Jesus' name, that you will just speak to our hearts and our minds this morning. We open ourselves, God, to you. For you to reveal to us, where, what does this all mean to me? For, Lord, I know that you've given us a message for all of us, God. In the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You could go ahead and put the sermon tile up. This word here, it is lead. Lead. I thought, well, you know, maybe I go and, I, you know, thinking of titles of messages is not an easy thing to do. So a lot of times I'll just do one word. It's easier that way. 
But you're going to find out that there's so much just in that word lead in our life and pertaining to God and us that you're going to realize as time goes on what God's trying to tell us as people of God. You know, when you look at that word, this word has two interpretations. It kind of depends on which way you see it. I mean, you can, and the way that you read it. It could read, maybe you read it as lead, which means to, to lead means to step ahead and to guide and to help one another. That is to lead. Maybe you read it as another word, like lead. Now, don't get confused. I know a lot of us, we have to rehearse our grammar and our English. And English can be one of the most difficult languages in the world. And so, lead, not the lead like in the past tense of lead, but lead, which is a heavy substance. Uh, lead that it means a substance that's very heavy. Lead that's used, when I think about it, as Trent already opened the door for this when I go fishing, lead is a sinker. I didn't say stinker, I said sinker. Lead is a sinker, it's heavy, and it's very heavy. It can be used to slow things down or to weigh things down. They're also used in bullets too, so I... That may be another way to look at it, but lead is a weight. If you're thinking that way, is the lead is a substance. It's something that we don't want to be considered as a piece of lead. Do you want to be considered to be a piece of lead? Boy, if there was a piece of lead my size, man, it would take a big, big, big dozer to pick me up. But lead is so heavy. Lead can, lead can, can weigh down, and it's a weight of substance that holds things down. But then on the other sense, in the essence, I want us to look at that word is simply lead. In his book, John Maxwell wrote, he said, leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. If this statement is true, then we're all leaders in this room. And we are all leaders here. Maybe you'll receive that word and understand what I mean by that. We all have a measure of influence, whether at work, at home, or with our friends. Did you know if you pay your bills, you're a leader? You lead because you're paying your bills. Did you know if you go to work and, and you have some people working with you and you're showing them what to do, you lead? Did you know that if you went and you change your baby's diaper this morning. You know, the messy one. The real messy one. That you lead with the life of that child. You lead whatever and wherever we go, we lead. You say, well, Pastor, I'm a follower. Yeah, but lead leaders have a leader to lead them. But we all are leaders. We lead and there are people who are waiting for us to lead in our life, the people that we have influence over. We lead them. And God wants us to understand the, that we can be used by him in the insight of, of being able to lead. God has asked us to be stewards of this influence and to lead and impact the world for his kingdom. 
turn to your neighbor and say, yep, I lead. You need to get it in your confession. You need to get it in your heart. I lead. I lead. I lead. I lead. It's so detrimental to me in this church and this congregation, the fact that I know that this is a message we need to hear is because we can't seem to have a consistent large crowd. It's because there are folks who are deciding that they're no leaders, they don't need to lead, so therefore they take their time whether or not they come to church. Oh, you're here, so shout and glorify God. I'm not trying to push everybody down, but what I'm telling you, Rodney Pike Church of God, God has called us in the kingdom, and he's called every saint. The, the disciples, when Jesus ascended into heaven, he went and he said, now you go lead. So no, he said, go make disciples. What do you think, you, what do you think a disciple maker does? He leads. We're called to lead. We're not called to barely make it into heaven and hopefully we make it in the sweet by and by. I know it's a long journey, but what are we doing with the journey? Well, we're called to lead. We're called to lead. And the problems in our culture, the problems in our environment, the problem in our community keeps rising and rising. You know why? Because the churches are filled with people who refuse to lead. But if everybody in this room has said, you know what, I'm called to lead and begin to lead as God wants them to lead in their life, their personal life, in their secular life, in their church life, then I'm telling you it would be such a great impact and many souls would be won into the kingdom and then they're trained and they lead. Oh, I can't, I can't do much. You've got influence. You are an influencer. You influence. When it comes to insights and example to lead, let's turn to Daniel chapter 6. <clears throat> Daniel chapter 6. I like this passage of scripture. You'll see what I'm talking about. Daniel 6, verse 1. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps. And satraps are like mayors. To be over the whole kingdom. And over these three governors, of whom Daniel was one. That the satraps might give account to them so that the king would suffer no loss. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit, one translation says, exceptional qualities was in him. And the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. So the governors and satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find no charge or fault because he was faithful. Nor was there any error or fault found in him. When these men said, we shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Oh my goodness. Here is this man named Daniel who somehow has, was desired through three or four possible administrations Different kings would seek his counsel. He came to Babylon when he was 16 years old. For all the students who are here, they're young. 
Let me tell you, Christianity is not for old people, you know. It's not the old folks club. It is a relationship and an opportunity to lead. And then Daniel was 16 years old, and then he grew and went into a process where he grew and God used him even in his youth to lead. This is what the world needs today. This is what the church of Jesus Christ needs. We need to have young people and those who are qualified, anointed by God and called of God to lead and take their place in God's kingdom and in the house of the Lord. It's time that it's no longer being a mom and pop place. But it's the place for every generation to discover Jesus Christ and to know the Lord and know him as king and to know that God will distinguish them into a leader that God wants them to be. You say, Pastor, I'm not, I'm not all that. Well, you don't have to be all that. Look what the scripture says here. It's inter interesting to know that Daniel never bowed to a Babylonian God. I mean, he had every opportunity you know, he, he was in all these different administrations and all these, these false gods and all this, the kings that were wicked, but here he was, he stood out and he never bowed down to a false god. In other words, you don't have to join the world to engage the world. There are no limits to how far God can take you when you trust in him. You may seem to be like the only Christian at the workplace, but if you'll humble yourself before God, God will exalt you in due season. God will cause things to happen in your life, and you can make up your mind and decide that you're going to distinguish yourself. I don't know what it is with children of God. They just expect God to do it all. God, you just do it all. Here I am. And here we are 50 years later still waiting. God, do it all. When here in Scripture says that Daniel distinguished himself, notice that he wasn't distinguishing, but he decided to distinguish himself. In other words, he decided that he was going to make choices, decisions, and that he wasn't going to be a follower, but he was going to lead. Because a follower would have bowed down when the trumpets blew. Uh, a follower would have bowed down when it was time to give and burn incense to a false god and offerings of false. A follower would have went on and done things and maybe would have went on and ate all the delicacies and the great foods and the things that are, that are afforded to those who were in the king's court. But he stood fast. And he distinguished himself. This is the key, the idea within you. You can distinguish yourself whether you're no longer, you're, you are not a pushover. You are not a, a, some easy milk toast kind of personality of, 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 of a nobody. No, God has called you to lead. And he's called you to distinguish yourself. And he gives the ability for us to distinguish ourselves and to move forward and to do great things in God. He didn't, see, Daniel, notice he didn't possess any particular skill set. He didn't play the guitar, didn't sing, you know, wasn't on the stage and wasn't, you know, all that. He, he, he didn't have exceptional qualities, but the Bible says he had an excellent spirit. He had an excellent spirit about him where he decided in his heart and within him that he was going to do and serve God and not forget God and lead and not follow. He distinguished himself from the 
inside out. That's how you do it. So many people trying to go to seminars and trying to guess and trying to look the part and do the part. But you lead from the inside out. Did you know that? That's how, that's how leaders, leaders lead from the inside out. You don't mimic someone suddenly, you know, hey, let's face it, some of, us, uh, some of us may dress up like some rock star, but when we finally get on the stage, we realize we're not a rock star. We might even put on the same clothes and try to and try and do the same moves and all this stuff, but we are not that person. God's not called you to mimic anybody else. He's not called you to copy somebody on this planet and live like them and be like them and act like them and talk like them and look like them. God has called you because on the inside, you lead from the inside out. This is why there's some people who act and think they're leaders, but they can't seem to get their house in order. They can talk a good talk because they copied somebody on the internet what they say, but yet in their home, their home is in disarray, their family's in disarray, their life is in disarray, and then what it is, it starts from the inside out. Daniel decided that he was going to distinguish himself, and God was going to use him. And if nobody else is going to serve God, he's going to serve God. That's when you lead. That's when you lead. And there are people who will approach you and say, what is it about you? What is it? It just seems like you're just so different. There's something you're distinguished. They won't say that, but the, you have distinguished yourself and God, and inside your heart you've made that decision. It's, he distinguished himself just by the way he behaved. You know? You ever had a kid do something? And what they just did, it's like, oh, he ain't my kid. <laughs> Look at your wife and say, well, that's somebody from your side of the family, not mine. Huh? Yeah. But it's how Daniel behaved that made him noticed how he lived, who he was. You live, my friends, listen, your Christian walk is lived from the inside out. And that's why people trip up all the times they're trying to do from the outside in. But God says, I'll do it. I'll, you distinguish yourself from the inside out. That's where holiness starts. It starts in the inside of your heart, then it go, moves outward. Amen? Amen. 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 Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when you got saved, where did God go and hang out in you? Yeah. Well, God came and he hung out in my head, and I'll think about him sometime. No, no, God, God came and dwelled in us, and he came inside of us and dwelled in my, uh, in my hip. Now, listen, I'm not making... Mockery of God. Where did God go? What did he do? What was his direction? He went straight to the heart. He went to the, straight to the heart of us, forgave us of our sins, cleansed us, and forgave us, and redeemed us, gave us righteousness, and then from the inside out, we begin to serve him and live for God and distinguish ourselves in God. From the inside out. That's why I have problems with folks. I feel sorry for people who want to get on me about their interpretation of holiness when it's everything that they see. And it can't be everything you see. It starts from the inside out. Oh, yeah, oh, oh, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say, can I say it? Can I say it? Can I, can I please say it? Here we go, here we go, here we go. Jesus said it wasn't what comes without that comes within that defiles a man, but it's what is within that comes out that defiles him. 
So if you're out there saying some stuff you're not supposed to, maybe you need to vomit that stuff up. And maybe, see, this ain't very tasteful, and I need to change what's coming because it's inside of me. I don't want this anymore. I want to be distinguishing myself with God and with the world. Oh, oh, I've heard Christians say, well, I don't have to please, man. No, the Bible says you've got to serve them. So how you serve them if you don't care about them? You, you never will. You serve a God that loves us, and through him and through his ability, we're able to distinguish ourselves and become servant among men. Oh, glory to God. Somebody shouting up and down, hallelujah. Same Holy Ghost about this is the same Holy Ghost we felt last Sunday. Same anointing, just some stuff God's wanting us to take in as a church. It's just, it's just by the way Daniel behaved. There's a guy that he sees a sign in front of a house. And it says, talking dog for sale. He rings the bell and the owner tells him the, the dog is in the backyard. The guy goes into the backyard and he sees this black mutt just sitting there. He looks at him and he says, you talk? Yeah. The mutt replies, so, the guy says, so what's your story? The mutt looks up and he says, well... I discovered this gift pretty young and I wanted to help the government so I told the CIA about my gift and in no time they had me jetting across the country to country sitting in rooms with spies and world leaders because no one ever figured a dog would be eavesdropping I was I was one of the most important valuable spies for eight years then I got tired of jetting around and really tired, and so I knew I wasn't getting any younger, so I wanted to settle down. So I signed up for a job at the airport to do some undercover security work, mostly wandering near suspicious characters and listening in. I uncovered some incredible dealings there and was awarded a batch of medals. Had a wife, a mess of puppies, and now I just retired. The guy was amazed. You know, he goes back in and he asks the owner, he said, what do you want for the dog? And the owner says, $10. The guy says, this dog is amazing. Why on earth would you be selling him so cheap? The owner replies and says, uh, he's such a liar. He didn't do any of that stuff. kind of losing the value there, you know? I mean, I don't know. I think I still spend $10 for a talking dog. I don't care if he does lie, you know, I, you know, I guess. But in reality, what I'm trying to share the fact is this, is that he was gifted and, and wondrous and everything, but if it's of no value, what's the use? What's the use? Did you know that the problem with the church today is this? The problem that this church, that we can have 50 people missing in one Sunday. The problem that we shift from 180 to 130. 140 to, to 170 to 170 to 135 to, to 
to this and that and back and forth. I know we can blame it on the busy world. We can say, well, the people have to work. I know people have to work and they have reasons. And there's situations with family, taking care of loved ones and such. But in the truth word to be made, made known is that God's people don't have a perception that they're called to lead. They think they're just called to attend. But God has called us to lead. He's called us to disciple. He said, well, I'm not a pastor, so what? You probably do a better job at discipling. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to have a title. You don't have to have a title to lead. But you just begin to lead. You lead people to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. You lead people to understand that if they are not saved, that they're going to die and go to hell. You go and lead people to the understanding of a loving God and a caring God that through the blood of Jesus Christ we're forgiven of our sins and then we begin to teach them that God will keep you, preserve you, and help you and that the promises of the Lord, they're yea and amen. They're yes for then, yes for now, and always. And you can say amen to, they're settled. You can begin to tell them this and that of the kingdom of God and let them grow in the Lord and lead them to water baptism and then the infilling of the Spirit and God begin to use them. But the whole idea is this. If we would capture the idea that we're called to lead, it doesn't like we have to wait five or six years before we get engaged into other people and lead them to Christ. You can get saved today and lead someone tomorrow. This is, this is where people, what it is, if they decide not to lead, then they, they lose their purpose. That's the problem with people in church world. They've lost their purpose. They think the church is for them. When God has called them to be the church. And has called them and every one of us to lead. To lead in our life. To lead others to Christ. To lead. That's why people fall away and quit going to church. They lose this interest. They become uninterested because the programs will never keep anybody because you can find a program somewhere else. You can find entertainment somewhere else. Wow, wow, Rodney Pike has four inflatables. That church over there has six. You know, I'm, I'm just joking. But you understand what I'm saying. But if we step into this and saying, God, you have called me to lead. And the harvest field is white and ready for harvest. While the harvest field is even in the church house. It's still, there's harvest here. There are young lives next door that are being taught the word of God. And teaching the word of God to them. Wednesday evening there are classes of people there teaching and training. Amen. And teaching and training. And we as a church of leaders understand God's what God sees, what God wants, what God's vision and passion is. And I as your pastor, I will tell you this. We have got to move past the now and look into the future. We have got to have the church of today that is of a younger age under 30 years old to stand up and say the church is mine and I'm a lead I will lead I will teach I will disciple I will stand up and be used by God if 
if you're getting bored in this house and you only come ever so often when you finally get a whim to come, let me tell you, you're missing the whole point. God has saved you so he could send you and when he sends you, you will lead. That's just the way it steps of maturity faith in the Lord. I tell you, I'm just not a good enough preacher to keep you really interested all the time. God's not told me to do that work. He just told me, feed the sheep. So feed you. Why, why do you want to feed us? So we can get fat and lazy? No, we're fed because we're called to lead and make a difference. And some of you are longing to make a difference. We can talk about all the world issues and problems and not make any difference now. Hallelujah. Our living is, is leading. We find that in the scripture, I'm not going to be able to cover it all, or else I'll be here a long time, and you will think I'm doing an entire month sermon. It really was just for today. But we find not everybody was happy about Daniel's ability to lead. <laughs> there were those who were the mayors and the other governors, the other two governors. Why, Daniel was so good that the king looked at him and said, you know what, he distinguished himself so well, why don't you, Daniel, handle all of it and be over it all? I, I'm not going to need these governors. You can do it just great. Now, some people think that's being a suck-up, but it's not. Oh, yeah. I've even heard Christians talk about people who succeed and do well at the workplace. Well, he's just a suck-up. Oh, he's just trying to, you know, doing this. I know there's politics at the workplace, but I also know that there is a God that you can decide that right now, Lord, I am going to distinguish myself in you, God, and you can make it most excellent because you are most excellent. You can change me and transform me. Well, the only thing they could go after him again, the, they, they tried to find this fault in his job and couldn't find any fault in his job. So what they do? Well, we're just going to attack his religion. Does that sound familiar? Does that sound? Oh, you do a good, good job at work and you do your best, but then all of a sudden you just can't make people happy because the next thing you know what they'll do, they'll pull out the religion card. You know, they're going to try and put you down because of your faith. But that's okay. He didn't bother Daniel. You know what he did? He just led. He just led. He didn't decide that he's going, okay, now I'm going to kind of lessen myself here and I'm going to be a little less leader here. I'm not going to do my job. I'll slouch a little bit so someone else can. No! Because everything he did was for the glory of God. And because he distinguished himself, he literally gave witness to foreign nations because of his testimony and his faith in God and the miracles that God worked through him. Do you believe God wants to work miracles for you? Well, he does. He does. Because he wants to distinguish you and he's called you to lead. So you look in the eyes of other people and you see their expression. You see they are receiving help and receiving something beneficial from me through God. He's called me to lead. All me to lead. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We may have some qualities, but what or who should we look like? 
Now, that's another thing, you know, this, this thing about following fan, fans, following people. Have you ever seen people goog- googly-eyed over somebody, you know? You know, uh, I don't know, maybe if I got goog- goog- googly-eyed, it might be if I think of the world, maybe, maybe Bill Dance. Bill Dance is a professional fisherman. He's retired, but, you know, Bill Dance, let me shake the hand of man who has held so many bass, mouths of bass, by his thumb and his finger. Can I shake your hand, Bill Dance? Can it, can it rub off a little bit on me, Bill? Can you, you know? But you know what I'm saying. We, we try and copy and copy and copy. Thank God for the Internet. The Internet lets us copy so many things and then claim it for our own. I think they call that stealing, but I'm not going to say anything about that. But we, we watch the celebrities, and we want to copy, and we want to go. Sometimes you listen to podcasts and follow preachers, and it's good to follow the word, not the person. Follow the word, not the person. Because it's, it's not about the person, it's about the word and the word of God. I mean, respect them and give honor where honors due, but you know what I'm saying, just don't get like starry-eyed over someone. So in other words, if we're going to distinguish ourselves, what are we supposed to look like? Who are we supposed and what are we supposed to look like? Well, the obvious answer is we should look like God. What, what does God look like? I'm going to, let's, let's go to 2 Corinthians 3, 17, 18. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Now, what's so interesting about that in the Greek, that word spirit, though the writers, translators put spirit in there, but it's actually wind or breath. It's pneuma. And they put, they didn't think any other word put in there but the spirit because it represents the spirit. But the word in the Greek is, is pneuma, which means, means blowing a wind. It says, now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Now, wherever we go, it means God's Spirit blows in front of us, around us, and with us. The Spirit of God brings liberty in our life. Anybody ever been set free by the wind of God, by the Holy Spirit, by God working, separating us, setting us free? Now, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. But we all, say all, with unveiled face, say that, with unveiled face, Beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed. Say transformed. Into the same image. Say, oh, I didn't tell you to do that. Say, in the same image. Now you can stop. From glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. That spirit means literally the presence of our God goes out before us. The pneuma, the wind, the the presence of God moving. The word of spirit here is wind, breath, blowing. So the Lord is the, the breath, the presence. He says his presence, where his presence is, there's liberty. Where the presence of the Lord is, there's liberty. Then Paul writes and he says, with unveiled face. That just means a fancy way of saying, literally, that means that we have unhindered access to God. Unveiled face means that we have unhindered access to God. You tell the devil that. I I have unveiled face. I have unhindered presence to God. He doesn't like hearing that. But you do. You have unhindered presence presence to God 
That's unveiled face, Paul was saying. But then he says, transformed into the same image. Whose image? His image. God's image. Saying you and I can look like that too in his image. Because God does look like something. Oh, now you're looking at me. You know, I mean, I'm not going to go so far as in Revelation 4 and Ezekiel chapter 1. We'll have to stop. But God does look like something, you know. He, he does look like something. How you know? Well, the Bible talks about him. He does look like something. There are things being revealed in his glory that are descriptive of who he is. Oh, my goodness, my goodness. So we're transformed into the same image, his image, saying, in other words, we can say, Lord, you can, you know, Lord, I just want to look like you. I want to look like you. That's how you can lead is that you're looking like God. You're acting like God. You have the attributes of God being transformed into the same image, Paul said. Looking into the mirror, the mirror is actually you and I. We are reflecting the glory of God. We're contemplating God's glory, and it's doing something else, and it says that, that it is from glory to glory. From glory to glory, in another translation, says ever-increasing glory, meaning that it's incremental. In other words, you get a little glory, and then you get a little more glory, then you get a little more glory, looking more and more in the mirror, becoming the image of God. So therefore, we lead through the image of God. And in this world, needs to see God. Now, we know in Scripture, talks about the, Jesus being the expressed image of the Father, and he is. And that's another thought in mind, too. We look like Jesus, but literally, we can say we are in the image of God. In his likeness. You change atmosphere. You change attitudes when you step in. Because you're in the likeness of God. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Have, have, have you ever been in a situation where a couple of people talk and gossip and everything. And then you show up and they shut up. Oh no. Or do you show up and say, hey, let, hey, join on, come on in here. Like you did last week. Come on in. Yeah. But because of your witness in the image of God, they suddenly they stop because... There's something there about you, and you're not a show-off. It's just that God's showing off. You decided, Lord, I want to be distinguished in you, and God said, yeah, I'll do that. I can use someone who wants to be distinguished, who wants to stand out, who are willing to live for me and lead and do my will in this world. I pray, dear God, that everyone in this church and those who will be with us next Sunday, I'm so grateful for everybody that attends this church. But I'm telling you, I have always felt like for years, this church has always been on the brink, on the brink, on the brink. And the Lord's revealing to me, he said, Ronnie, tell them to lead, to lead, to lead, that there's purpose in leading, that you lead, that you lead, that you lead. Hallelujah. We're waiting for heaven for a sign when the Spirit of God tells us go and do and share and work and operate in the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Does the Lord ever talk to you? Does the Lord ever give you impression and speak to you what to do? Do you do it? God wants us to lead and not expect someone else to do it. 
Lead. Lead in your life. Make a difference. Some of us might be deciding, well, I think I'm going to finally go home and clean the house. And the house looks pretty bad. Sat there for months, nothing. Just build up and build up. Be distinguished. Begin to lead. Because you lead yourself, then you lead others. You lead and be distinguished and say, you know, God, I'm going to start doing the things that maybe I've been putting off. I'm just going to start doing it. I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to let you use me. Do you know why the church world is having trouble trying to maintain and keep teens that are from high school to go to college and the college converts them over to some type of different ideal and think that Christianity is useless and the church is worthless? You know why? It's because we've set up a, a paradigm of thinking that we're here to entertain and to fulfill whatever people want. When really we should be saying you're called to lead. That the teenagers are called to lead. That the children are called to lead. There is one who is out to destroy this coming generation. And I'm not going to sit back and let it happen. Because somebody's got to say, you're a leader. God wants to use you. There's a purpose in Christianity. Besides sitting on a chair. You know what I'm talking about. We got a great number of people who do things. They're doing ministry, and God bless you. But I'm telling you, what would happen if everybody decided to lead? You say, well, Brother Bonham, you've had chaos because everybody's a leader. No, a leader has to have a leader. You see? No, oh, that's right. When we think about leader, we think about the commander chief. That when I'm a leader, I'm a commander chief. No, you're not. For the anointing to flow, there must be someone over you. As a covering of submission and having servant leadership quality. I yield. Last Sunday, I'm telling you, I'm telling you a little secret. I really don't like wearing suits. God bless you, Dr. Stevens, if you watch this. I tried to get out of it. I called a secretary. I said, you know, you know, we're kind of a church. Not anybody really wears ties and suits and such. She said, well, Brother Bynum, he's just kind of like that, you know, wearing the tie and the suit. She said, if he really gets loose and casual, he just doesn't wear a tie. And so I thought, okay, now. What am I to do? Well, I'll tell you what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to yield to those over me in the Lord. It's servant leadership. Now, I didn't wear a tie because I think I'd, it would have choked me. I will wear a tie to weddings and funerals, but I just don't wear ties very much. My ties, and how I can prove it, mine are getting a little dated. I'd have to go out and buy one, you know. But I wore that suit because here's a man that's over me in the Lord. Not in rank and standing, but he's really over me in the Lord. And I yield myself to leadership because you can't lead unless you yield. And you submit yourself and be a servant that's how the anointing flows from the head down. That's how it works. God's called you to lead. And he's going to show us through his word. I was going to talk about four faces. But I won't do that until next Sunday. But we're going to go on. How many will stay with me on this? How many here will pray in this church and say, Pastor, I'm in with you. I'm going to pray that God help me to lead. God show me. You know, it used to be back when I was a young preacher, people lined up the altars and I'd go to pray for them and lay hands on them. I said, what are you praying for? I want, I just want the will of God in my life. And I will tell you that there's something that's rarely heard 
anymore. Saints used to cry out, Lord, I want your will. I want your will, not my will, your will, God. I want to be used by you, Jesus. You died on the cross for me. Man, I just want to give you all of me because of what you did for me, because you love me, and I love you, Lord. I'm not talking about a life filled with works. I'm talking about a life filled with miracles. And there's a difference when you walk and God leads. You'll see things happen. You'll see things happen in your home, your family, the workplace. When you and I decide and join together and lock arms and say, you know what? In Jesus' name, I'm going to be like Daniel. I'm going to distinguish myself. I'm not all talented. I'm not all that. But I'm going to lead how God leads me and shows me I'm going to lead. I'm going to lead the way. Would you stand with me?